What do you want a daughter? What do you want a daughter? I have no idea what a daughter. We could switch to progressive, da. Oh yeah. We could switch to progressive and sa. Okay. We could sa and have to buy some za. Oh yeah. Let's switch to progressive to da and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da to da. Quote to da at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Norris. Who am I going to ready this? You guys on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Happy Easter to everyone who is listening live at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. We are recording this on Easter Sunday. Unfortunately, this episode goes out to all the podcast platforms the day after. And there is no fun day for the Monday after Easter Sunday. Unfortunately, not that it matters because 2020 is such a weird year that I don't think anyone cares about any holiday that exists during at least the first quarter of 2020. Just think about that for a second. That's just how bizarre this year has been. There's been little this, that's here and there. I mean, we started off the year with a bit of a very over-paranoid fear we were going to be in World War III, which fortunately was not the case. Unfortunately, after that, the um, the fear of a pandemic did come true with the case of COVID-19 that unfortunately was not able to be contained. This has now caused our new sign of the apocalypse Apple and Google working together. This is more bizarre than Apple and Microsoft working together, but here we are. Apple and Google are teaming up to be able to have Android and iOS both be able to track and warn you if you have been exposed to anyone that has tested positive for COVID-19. Now, this sounds great, doesn't it? The ability for your phone using just its Bluetooth connection and the health apps that are built into your phone's operating system to be able to trace, hey, you've been exposed to this person like three days ago and he tested positive for COVID-19 today, you might want to self-quarantine or wear a mask because you might also be infected. I mean, that's viable information. But then you think about it for a second. Like, I'm sure most of you have started thinking about this. This function is going to have every phone send out Bluetooth pings to every other phone, which is supposedly anonymized, but let's be honest. There's going to be some information there that is going to allow this to be identified in one way or another. 
so that every phone will eventually know who has been near who. Like, this has the potential if there is a breach in this technology to be the most terrifying Big Brother scenario out there. Although, you know what it does remind me of? And I actually did love this feature only because the device in question had no ability to store any useful information whatsoever. The 3DS Street Pass. It's pretty much just like the exact same thing. Except, you know, it's tied to your phone, which is tied to your real data. So, there you go. I mean, we can expect this to come out soon. It's going to be opt-out. That means, by default, you will be in it, whether you know it or not, and you have to opt out of it. However, keep in mind, by the very core concept, opting out makes this entire thing for everyone else who has who has decided to stay in a lot less reliable. So just keep an eye, because it's going to be a system function. That means once it's rolled out, most likely, it's going to be in your system settings to opt out of this. Assuming Apple and Google allow us to opt out. Alternatively, while you're self-quarantining and stayed in your house all day, uh, make yourself a tinfoil hat to complete the experience as you make sure your phone cannot tell anyone else where you are. Ever. You know, and what's even better is MIT is also getting in on this project of Apple and Google's You know, depending on how long it takes Apple and Google to get this on the road, the pandemic may, in fact, already be over. Like, let that sink in for a second. Like, they're just working on this. It might roll out soon. But there are numbers that are suggesting that we might be on the downslope of this, which I'm hoping. I really am hoping. Let's shift gears a bit. YouTube is making some new rounds trying to stop misinformation. And this bit of misinformation involving COVID-19 is mind-blowing. That this launched as a theory. Here's how the theory works. And keep in mind, this is a theory, an incorrect one, mind you. But this is real information that's being spread as trying to be factual. Are you ready for this? The theory is that 5G cell towers... Both 
The microwave, that's the small ones that are used in cities for ultra-fast connections that can't penetrate a wall. And the big towers that do penetrate walls. In fact, help the novel coronavirus multiply and increase the chance of the spread. And in fact, it's the 5G towers that is the reason that the novel coronavirus is the pandemic it is today. By the way, 1,000% false! (laughs) There's no! There is no known freaking connection between the novel coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19, and 5G cell towers. How stoned out of your mind do you have to be to come up with this nonsense? It's actually fascinating that this BS, to put it in a polite term, managed to spread as wide as it was. YouTube now is going and deleting and suspending accounts that are spreading this misinformation on the YouTube platform. Which, again, it just... Really? Really? 5G towers? What's the next piece of BS that's just going to be invented? Oh, boy. I, I... It amazes me how this stuff gets started and then is allowed to continue to give valid information or is is allowed to be considered as valid. Let's shift gears over to the category of Macs don't have security problems. How many times have I heard this? Macs are just superior. Macs just just always works. Macs never get viruses. Nothing bad ever happens with a Mac. Now, before I begin, because I have gotten a lot of flack recently, there is a place in the world for Macs. I do understand that it is, in fact, the largest Unix-based system and is an invaluable tool for those who code using Unix. All right? I understand that. And honestly, you guys are the ones I feel the worst for, especially since for the longest time you couldn't get a new laptop with a functional keyboard. With that all said, Safari now has a new identified flaw that allows intruders to just take control of your face cam. You know, for funsies. It's just, there you go. Just casually, just just have your face cam. Now, I don't know on the new Mac Pros, but I, and granted, it has been a long time since I owned a Mac. And I know that in itself probably shocks a lot of listeners to the core that at one point I had a Mac. And I did. It was a 2009 MacBook Pro. I was but a young lad in Kuleg. 
I actually did like that thing, except for the fact that its gra- graphic card was um, not great. And also the sucker... Uh, yeah, that thing got hot enough to cook an egg on. Like, without a doubt. But anyway, back to my point. I do recall that Mac laptop... When the webcam was enabled, did have a little green light that was on. And this is actually a feature that's on a lot of PC laptops as well. That when the lab, co- la- the la- blah, 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 blah. excuse me, when the laptop's webcam is turned on and actually being used, a light will go on so you know when it's being used. That's usually a hardware function, and you cannot turn the fa- the the webcam on and keep that light off. For example, the cam I use for streaming has a very similar function. There are two parentheses brackets around it that are blue, and when I look at them with my sunglasses, I can't see them at all. And those are on whenever the whenever the cam is in use. I don't know if new Macs have this. It's been a long time since I've used a Mac laptop. Pretty much ever since they decided that the RAM should be soldered onto the board. And then the SSD should be soldered onto the board. And then the keyboard should be riveted to the case. And the battery should be glued in. You know, basically when they guaranteed that the laptop was a throwaway product... And yeah, I, I'm still very upset with Apple that they went down that road as someone who did, in fact, work on laptops for the longest time as a profession. All right, let's, sh- let's shift gears over across the pond. France has decided that Google, whenever they bring up the news from other sites, Google must pay those news sites to display that news site's content in the search results or in any way, shape, and form whatsoever. What? So... On one hand, you can kind of understand it, right? Google is showing the news. They're using, we'll say, news.french. I have no idea if that's a real source or not. But let's just pretend it is. Google is showing that news. Those writers are getting none of the of the views credits or ad revenue from that being said on the other hand all google shows 9 times out of 10 unless you use a um a different function of google i think like the uh the google assistant can show a full article i think don't quote me on that though it only shows the first couple of lines 
so there's still, for example, the article I'm using from Reuters. The entire story is, wow, only five paragraphs. That's it. That's so very, very sad. There are actually more ads on this page than there is article. God dang. But anyway, for for example, out of these five paragraphs, most likely Google would only take the first paragraph. Which in this case is one sentence. Actually, wait, hold on here. One sentence, two sentence, three, four. It's not even five paragraphs. It's five sentences. (sighs) I, I, I have no words. My words have failed me. But in any case, the way this ruling is going down, it means that Google would have to pay news websites who write five sentences and call it an article to display one-fifth of their content. You know, maybe, just maybe. People would click through if there was more article than ads. I'm not even exaggerating. One, two, three, four, four ad- adverti- advertisements at top, which, yeah, they're like clickbait freaking articles, but they're advertisements. On the side, we got one, two, three, four, five of the same thing. And underneath, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. More paid promotional links. Oh, and you know what the best part is? I have an ad blocker that has blocked 13 total ads on this page. Everything I just mentioned were sponsored links that are not ads which is also why those who are live are wondering why my page formatting is so awkward that's why you know here's a thought print media give something of value Because think about this for a second. I just went on an entire rant about these five sentences for 10 minutes. I should actually time myself to see how long that was. Probably closer to five minutes. One minute for each sentence. I will say this. I said more sentences about the article than the article actually contained. Maybe he had that, then maybe more people would click the links instead of reading the little excerpt that came through Google and pick that up 
has the actual article itself. Let's shift gears. Borderlands 3 is now saying you too can help with science by playing Borderlands 3. Why? I don't know. But you can now. The article from Rock Paper Shotgun goes as follows. You know what Borderlands 3 was missing? A mini game that lets you sort through DNA samples from human poop. If that doesn't sound particularly appealing, you should know that it's all for a good real-life cause. Borderlands Science is a new arcade game you can find in-game, and it's created by scientists who need your help with research with research into all the microbes hanging out in your gut and playing it rewards you with brand new skins and heads. This is a real thing that has that is now available in Borderlands 3. What am I reading? I mean, of all the games in existence, that would include a mini-game analyzing poop. It would either be Borderlands or The Binding of Isaac. So I guess it fits there, but I mean... I'm, I'm so conflicted with this. Like, I personally love the Borderlands series. In fact, I have been working on playing it for uh, YouTube, in fact, which those episodes should be airing soon, tm, youtube.com slash eaglefalcon. And, well, just, it's just the, the, the appeal, The whole concept just seems stupid. It does seem stupid. But if it's for a good cause, and it actually is doing a good cause, then why not? Personally, I think I'm probably going to pass on the minigame, and as far as helping science, I'm just going to keep letting my servers fold proteins from home. Thank you very much. Although, actually, right now, my servers aren't doing that because I had to dissect the graphic card that was doing all that work. But more on that when I learn more. So, last week, we talked about Zoom and how they had some very big security vulnerabilities. Including the ability for people to just bomb on in into any web conference they want, whether it's password protected or not. As well as also just leech information from users without the users ever knowing. And Zoom vowed 
they would cease feature production and immediately look into the security vulnerabilities. So, who do they bring in? Who do they bring in to go help with this? The former Facebook security head. I see. I see that uh, that Zoom isn't going to take this seriously. And uh, that Zoom is, in fact, just going to roll with this and just do whatever. Could you put out a more unserious higher notification out there than this? Maybe Zoom actually is delusional enough to think that Facebook is the the best of the best when it comes to security. Despite the fact that Facebook is so abysmally bad at keeping its own secrets that they've pretty much become the butt of all jokes. There has been a security breach of Facebook every single week in 2019. I actually haven't heard any lately, so maybe... They're onto something. But then again, those crew that might have helped Facebook then would be still working at Facebook. (sighs) Oh, and by the by, the U.S. Senate has officially placed a, a ban on using Zoom for official and personal uses not to try and take it in a political direction but you know when the US government tells you or tells their own representatives that don't use this it's bad news that should tell you something we're going to take a break here when we come back Google wants to take a stab at Zoom. We'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. Google has realized that all of a sudden this company Zoom that came out of nowhere, you know, they're 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 getting in on our turf. And it is kind of surprising how much Zoom exploded. And I think, I think the reason being is that Zoom originally targeted public schools. I think that's what it is. Because the people I see using Zoom first and then spreading the word around are the teachers. In fact, most of, well, actually here, like after I'm done with the stream here today and done recording this podcast, I'm going out uh, to spend time with my mother and we're just going to be like teleconferencing the entire Easter get together we normally have every year. And it was my aunt, who is a teacher, that suggested we use Zoom. 
well. She even said that it was her school that encouraged her to, sh to use that to try and continue doing lessons. I think that's where this all started. Because what, what, when this whole thing started with COVID-19, the first thing you would assume would have been used would either be Skype, Google Hangouts, or even, or if you're going something more modern, something like Discord. Or you could be really inventive like some teachers tried and tried to Twitch stream your entire lesson. By the way, that's a bad idea. It didn't end well. Or MS Teams. Chat, chat remind me, MS Teams exists. Not gonna lie. Totally forgot they existed. Again. So, Google's trying to figure out how do we get our mind share back? Because they want it back, and they want it back bad. Not that I blame them, mind you. So the way they're going about it is they are going to rebrand Hangout as just Google Chat. That's the the goal. Just saying, like, hey, this is what we do. This is this is the chat chat service. However, they are also going to keep around Google Duo, which is the chat functionality built into Android phones. On top of that. There's also Google Meet, whose premium features are now free through September 30th. I don't remember what they all are. I'm pretty sure Google Meet is like the... Um, Google's MS Teams competitor. And then all the messages in... The Hangouts chat can now be forwarded to Gmail. So let's just keep an eye on what Google's been doing, because they're going to be trying. They're going to be trying very hard to try and get back some of the mindshare that Zoom, which, by the way, came out of nowhere and is dumb enough to bring on Facebook security to provide security. This should not be hard to overpower them. It, it shouldn't be. It should not be hard to take out Zoom if you really wanted to. I, for one, not looking forward to later today having to actually install Zoom because I'm not being given a choice in it, despite the fact I can think of a million different choices that are better than Zoom. <sighs> the Microsoft Xbox Game Bar, which if you forgot what that thing is, me too. High five. You know, from a distance. 
That is, in fact, the game bar when you hit Windows. I think it's Windows G. Yep, Windows G. That pops up and then gives you all sorts of fun stats like what's your CPU, GPU, RAM usage, the FPS you're getting in your game, which you don't have set up, your audio setup, which in my case looks really, really wonky because it has all of the various channels built into my GoXLR in it and the ability to capture. And for some reason, what's missing it is the ability for me to just stream to Mixer. That's apparently gone. Isn't Xbox social? Eh, whatever. The point is no one uses it. No one ever uses it. And probably for the best. But Microsoft wants to change that. They want to be able to make it easier, better, provide more utilities. I'm not going to lie, though. The actual just like Windows G and being able to see what your CPU, GPU is at. That's actually really nice. I do like that. Although, wow, my CPU usage is actually way higher than I thought it was going to be. 62, 65%. GPU at a solid 29%. RAM's at 40%. That's actually kind of crazy. Don't I have like, yeah, 32 gigs of RAM in here. Dang. That's really surprising. Anyway. The point of this is also to integrate XSplit into the Xbox game bar. Uh, now I see what's going on. This is all an XSplit's view, their vision to try and be relevant. Let's be honest, when it comes to streaming, what do you hear? You hear... OBS, Streamlabs OBS, and what is it? OBS.net? Is that the Stream Elements one? I think it is. Those are the three you hear of, and that last one you you rarely hear of. Most actually just use straight OBS. Notice how I didn't say XSplit? No one uses XSplit. So XSplit's been desperate, and this is how they're going to get it. They're going to try and partner with Microsoft and get in that way, which honestly is still a much better option for streaming than just hitting Windows G, figure out where the broadcast button is, and then hit broadcast. In fact, all I see is a record button on mine. Or is that supposed to be? So good on you, XSplit, for trying to survive. And also in Microsoft's quest to become relevant... Microsoft Teams will now allow custom backgrounds during video calls. So now you too can completely try to replace the background to, say, look like the back of a web browser without doing something crazy like getting a green screen and two umbrella lights 
and then using a whole lot of CPU and GPU horsepower to chroma key it all out and then take a picture of the office when it's clean and green screen that behind you. Not that I would know anything about doing anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely easier than just cleaning up the office in the first place. <laughs> but now Microsoft Teams will do that all automatically, so you don't need to get a green screen or umbrella lights or anything like that. As someone who has experimented with this technology before, I also cannot wait for people to get called out when chunks of their head are suddenly cropped out and treat it as though it was a background. I'm just saying. These sort of automatic background removal features, if you're not using a green screen like I am, it does not go poorly. It does or it does not go well. Nine times out of ten. Now maybe you had a de- well actually, if you have a Windows Hello camera. That does actually have depth sensing features. So that actually might have a better job of it. Microsoft Edge is now the second most popular desktop browser, beating out Firefox. What's that? You thought you'd never see the day? It's true! Edge is now more popular than Firefox. You know, the web browser that no one liked because everyone thought it was Internet Explorer and just treated it as though it was terrible and whatnot? Well, guess what? It's now number two. And why is it number two? Because it's Chrome! That's all Edge is now. It's another Chromium browser. It's based on Chromium, which basically gives it a lot of the functionality of Chrome. It's still got its own spin on things. It's still got a whole bunch of tweaks and everything behind the back end. But it's basically just Google Chrome. You know, this might just be the underdog in me, but the victory of Microsoft Edge beating out Firefox is completely lost when you had to become Chrome to do it. Even though I only use Firefox on my own business computer... I'm still rooting for them. I really am. Despite the fact I'm using Chrome for for the websites that I'm that I'm using for this for recording this podcast right now. I do want to see Firefox make a comeback. I really really do because in a world where everything is just Chrome based, it's that's not a good web experience at all. I'm sorry. It just isn't all right well now that i'm thoroughly depressed let's talk about how intel might in fact actually have a high performance 
graphic card in the works after all. Chat is absolutely baffling me right now, and that's why I'm pausing a lot, because they're trying to come up with stories about how I used to have a mustache that I shaved off after I had a breakup. None of these things happened, by the way. I don't think I've ever been on camera with a mustache. I had a bit of a beard when I was first starting. Like, like none of the things that chats. Okay, I stopped playing Jackbox. That is true. I haven't done Jackbox in a while. Because every time we've done it, it's just been meh lately. But in any case, I'm getting very distracted by chat. Let's instead talk about how Intel might, in fact, have a high-end GPU in the works after all. This comes from leaks that that were found. So the rumor pretty much goes like this. What we saw at CES was in fact a demo unit and a core concept. It was a sample unit sent out to graphic developers to work on this. And this new leak shows that this Z GPU architecture does in fact have a high-end version. Now, we have no idea what it's going to look like. People on chat are currently seeing a rendering with like cool blue lights that kind of looks like a weird chainsaw from... What's the name? Gears of War. Gears of War. That's the one. But this is all a rendering. We still don't know what it looks like. We still don't know what its performance is going to be. We still we don't even know what its power consumption is going to be. That is going to be the big key. Because the thing performs. Hey, that's great. But if it chugs, you know... 600 watts to do what an AMD GPU can do for 75 what's the point so we will have to see what is what Intel's going to be able to do with this we did get leaks about the new desktop CPUs and I'm honestly not uh, really all that excited about it. I'm not going to lie. For the desktop core i9, or the, I'm sorry, the desktop 10th generation Intel processors, we have starting at six cores, 12 threads at 4.8 gigahertz with the core i5. The Core i7, 8 cores, 16 threads, 16 threads at up to 5.1 gigahertz. Keep in mind, these are boost clock speeds. These are not, underline, these are not the base clock speeds. And the Core i9... 10 cores, 20 threads, 5.3 gigahertz boosted.
These processors only have one goal. One. Uno goal. And that is... Gaming. That's it. Because they literally can't beat AMD at anything else. The low core count is clear evidence of that. The fact that they are only showing off boost clock speeds is clear evidence of that. I'll tell you this much. When everything has settled and you are building a PC for gaming and only gaming that is the only time I would even consider one of these 10th gen CPUs if you are gaming and streaming go AMD if you are just looking for general use go with AMD if you are making a productivity workstation go with AMD There is just no reason to stick with these CPUs over the AMDs. There's just, the reason is just not there. Absolutely none. So if you're looking for Intel to take over from AMD, it's, it's not happening at all. NVIDIA is releasing an upgraded version of the 1650 that has new high-end GDDR6 RAM because they ran out of GDDR5. I kid you not. The only reason this product exists is because they ran out of the old-school GDDR5. By the way, don't, don't, don't. Just don't go out and get this card because that's GDDR6. I just find it funny that they went and did this solely because they ran out of RAM. That being said, though, GDDR5 is on the way. So we can expect not the next generation of CPU, but maybe the generation after that support GDDR5. Real talk, though, this is more a this is actually more a bad thing than anything else. Because think about this: if you're going to be upgrading your system, do you want to go ahead? Do you want to go ahead and just go up? Well, now I got to calculate in another hundred to two hundred dollars for new RAM because my old RAM is now. Not compatible at all. Uh, I mean, it's good. Down the road. uh, Down the road. uh, DDR5 is going to be a benefit, but right now it's going to be absolutely 
abysmal for upgrading at least you know and, and honestly i say that as like someone who's like oh yeah i'd love to upgrade but i just don't have the money right now like i'm a very frugal pc upgrader like even when i upgrade my pcs what i do i refurbished old ones it's just what i do very cost conscious which is also why I was halfway excited to see that you can now get Stadia for free. Yes, you too can now get the Stadia base model for free. And you can even sign up for Stadia Pro and get two months for free. Get nine games. And you're just off to the races. Hey, that's great news. Go ahead. Go and hop on board. This is going to be great. Fun, exciting, and why is no one excited for this? Let's be honest. I mentioned Stadia, and you wanted to go take a nap. Admit it. I want to. Stadia has ruined its reputation blatantly lying about its own capabilities being an absolute terrible experience if you are not within a hundred miles of one of the of one of those one of the locations the fact that on launch they only had 16 games even to this day they have fewer games than any other platform out there. Even Apple Arcade, which isn't even a cloud gaming service. It is just a subscription to download whatever game you want from their library. That has more games. That has three times more games than Stadia. And that's for a phone. We actually even did talk about this on our Twitch streams. I can't remember when it was. It was either, I think it was Thursday, actually. The only console we can think of that launched with fewer games is the Nintendo Virtual Boy, which launched with five. Do you know what happened to the the Nintendo Virtual Boy? It got 12 more games, I think, and then was canceled. Period. End of story. Chat's asking about the end gauge. That actually might have had fewer. The end gauge also wasn't all that great of a success. But you know what? You know what the difference is? Chat says the, the PS Vita. No, PS Vita had more games at launch and still has more games in Stadia. But you know what? All those things you just mentioned, the Virtual Boy, the N-Gage, the PS Vita, you know what those did that Stadia didn't? They told the truth! When they said they could perform at a certain resolution, my God, they did it. Virtual Boy promised 3D gameplay. Well, it gave it. The N-Gage promised... Well, uh, the N-Gage was the Sega Portable, right? 
I'm actually now drawing a blank on what the end gauge is. I'm pretty sure it was the Sega Genesis portable that promised full color portable gaming. Well, it gave it. The PS Vita promised great graphics and a bet and a touch and a touchpad on the back of the device. Well, it gave it. Stadia promises. Oh, that was the Game Gear. What's the end gauge? But anyway, Stadia promised us 4K 60 frame per second. None of the games come to you at 4K 60 frames per second. They go at 1080p and then upscale it. So you get all sorts of distortions and artifacts. Oh, man. This is the problem when you lie to your customers. You lose trust. Now, I, for one, would not mind Stadia if there was an option to be able to play the games locally. I said that with the rumors of an Amazon cloud gaming service. Because in the end, as much as I hate it, the thing that sells consoles is exclusives. So when these cloud gaming services launch, they're going to go and gather exclusives. And on a platform that requires me of good internet, and then on top of that, if I, as a streamer, want to broadcast my bad gameplay to viewers, that's then going to take up more of my internet. So you're compounding internet resources on top of internet resources, and eventually I'm just going to run out, and then no one's going to have a good time. My gameplay, my game experience is going to be terrible and then my stream as a result will be terrible on top of more terrible here's a fun experiment for you my listeners go ask people if they knew that Stadia is free I guarantee you, none of them do. None of them. And I also expect, with how badly Stadia has shot themselves in the foot with a rocket launcher, that Stadia will be dead soon. I guarantee it. We're going to take a break here when we come back. The meme-worthy... PlayStation 5 controller was revealed and a smart toilet that actually monitors your poops. Whoops. To remind pet owners that Progressive covers pets on our auto policy at no extra charge, we're making a really cute pet-themed radio commercial. You gotta see this dog. 
It's a little puffball. <laughs> it looks like a piece of cotton candy that I could just eat up. <laughs> oh, and it waddles when it walks. He's a little ducky dog. Oh, I wish you could see it. <sighs> we really should have planned this better. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. We now see what the endgame was of Sony. Microsoft vomited everything they had regarding the Xbox Series X all at once. We now know everything. We know its specs. We know how it looks. We now know its controller. We know what it's capable of. We even have a teardown. Of, we have a teardown of the console yet. And it's not even. It's not even going to be out. For another eight months ish. Whereas the PlayStation. We have. Chat wants to know if we have game footage. Yes, we have game footage. We even have game footage of the Xbox Series X. We even <laughs> we even have the GPU source code of it. But uh that that was not that was not by design. That was because of hackers. But uh v- very good chat. But for the PlayStation 5, what do we know? We have specs and a name. That's it. Chat wants to know if we have the Xbox Series X waist-sized. Actually, yes! Yes, we do! I know chat's just memeing right now, but we actually do know the dimensions of the Xbox Series X. We know everything but back to the point the playstation 5 has revealed its new controller and if you think it's going to be called the dualshock 5 you are wrong the name of the controller is in fact the dual sense and its design takes a shocking departure from previous designs. So the original PlayStation it was pretty much a beige controller with four buttons and a D-pad and shoulder buttons. That was it. Then the DualShock came out, beige controller with twin joysticks. Then the PlayStation 2 came controller came out and it was the DualShock controller that the PlayStation 1 had except black. And I think it added an extra button. DualShock. Well, that was actually DualShock 2. DualShock 3 came out. Added a speaker and a rechargeable battery. DualShock 4 came out. Had a light bar and a touchpad. There's basically no design changes for the most part. There's, it's very, very subtle, the changes they made. 
the new controller, the Dual Sense controller, features a built-in microphone, a new enhanced haptic rumble feedback that is so sensitive it will blow you away, triggers that are adjustable and give feel back that is unique. And wait, didn't I hear all this before? I did. There was, in fact, another company that promised excellent, amazing, top-tier haptic feedback. Can anyone guess what it was called? Which controllers I'm thinking of that that promised that? It was these. It was the Joy-Cons from Nintendo. They promised us that the haptic feedback, you could even feel how many ice cubes were in a glass. Uh, By the way, that was complete hogwash that never, ever came to pass. So right off the bat, this sense, this additional rumble sensitivity built into the dual sense controller I have zero faith in it the other thing you notice right off the bat is it's dual tone it is white and black and I see it very quickly becoming yellow and black I see this white yellowing After a couple of years, I just see it happening. The other thing that kind of strikes me is that the D-pad looks smaller. But that also could be because the entire controller is chunkier. It, It looks somewhere between as chunky as the Nintendo Switch Pro controller that I have right here. In my hands that only the live viewers can see. And not as thick, but close to the Steam controller and how thick it is. I'm not going to lie, though. I actually do like the feel of the, of the Steam controller, and I'm apparently the only one. I'm a weirdo. I know. And honestly, I came out on the early bird briefing. And I said, I kind of like it. It is a very modern... Apple-esque kind of look to it with a bit of, like, gamer tones to it. The light bar is still there. There is still a touchpad in the middle. There's a bit of backlighting to it that's probably RGB, and it's going to be adjustable to various this, that's the other things with the games. But, but, the number of memes that came out regarding this controller were stunning of which unfortunately I think I closed them all let me actually quickly check to see if I can in my little sub stack here not that one is it this one I think it's this one I apologize for the wait. I did not expect to actually 
talk about the memes. Here we go. There's the Polygon article from my... There we go. The look of it, the first thing a lot of people thought of were overalls. So we got such looks as Strong Bad from Homestar Runner. The bottom half of a Stormtrooper helmet. Mario's overalls. Some sort of mechanized robot. The creator button just has three lines above it. Which then caused some people to go, holy cow! This is inventive! Sony made a dedicated honk button! Here's another one for Majin Buu. It's... It's... You almost gotta see it. The amount of nonsense that came out for this one controller. It's... Amazing. Apple is going to be launching, according to reports, the iPhone SE that will take cues from the iPhone 8. We should be seeing this in April. It is, in fact, just going to be called the iPhone SE. And, well, it causes you to get a pop-up in the middle of your... No, I'm kidding. We are expected to have the high-end A13 chip, 3 gigabytes of RAM, which is meaningless considering the fact that no one knows how much RAM iOS takes, a headphone, a, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, no headphone jack, IP67 water resistance, 4G LTE, stereo speakers, the old school camera, And we are expecting it to sell for either $350 or $400. Which, I mean, let's be honest. That is much better than the the $700 or $800 that the current iPhone 11 sells for. No doubt about it. We're going to kind of breeze through the remainder, the last few topics here real quick. 800 gigabit Ethernet is going to be coming out to the high-end market. And and we're talking supercomputers, server applications, and top-tier workstations are going to be having 800 gigabit Ethernet. Ethernet. To put it in perspective, you probably use one gigabit Ethernet. I here in my little home network use gigabit Ethernet. Some homes are wired up to 10 gigabit Ethernet. But they are currently working on 800 gigabit Ethernet. Ethernet. That is 100 gigabytes per second over Ethernet. 
That's obscene. I have no idea how on earth you can feasibly feed that much data through one net. I don't even think you can get that much data through it. Can you get that much data through an e through a PCI Express card? Like, what the heck kind of internal connection would this machine even would the graphic card would the card even have? This is all AMD's fault, by the way. That's all. That's just, like because only. The Epic or Threadripper CPUs can even have that many PCI Express lanes to support a network card that could do that. PCI Express 3.0 on a full 16x slot can do approximately 15 gigabytes per second. So no, a normal PCI Express card cannot even support this much data. Jet's correcting me because I did terrible math on the fly. Yes, I said I said 15 gigabytes per second. I didn't say 15 gigabits. I said 15 gigabytes. This is 800 gigabits, which is 100 gigabytes per second. So we're still 85 gigabytes per second short of feeding this 800 gigabit Ethernet standard. Now, PCI Express 4.0 is coming out, is already out on AMD, on AMD's side with uh, the Ryzen 3000, 4000, and what's it called? Chat saying, well, Intel is skipping PCI Express 4. Intel, if you actually remember from last week, Intel did confirm they are including PCI Express 4 in their next launch. Because, of course, it's irrelevant. So we're going to have it. Hundred twenty three gigabits per second is on three is on PCI Express three point oh sixteen X. Yeah, so you're still short. Like, no matter how we look at it, a standard PCI Express card, like, you can't have one of these 800 gigabit Ethernet ports on one network card unless you use a completely custom standard. Because we're still short. We're not even halfway there. We're not even living on a prayer with PCI Express 3.0. This is obscene. 
this is an obscene Ethernet standard. I love it, but man. It's now it's now made it so that your network card is never going to be the bottleneck. It's literally everything else. All right. Now that we've officially lost everyone who doesn't care about networking, let's instead talk about how we have mutated an enzyme that can break down plastic. Wait, what? It is a huge breakthrough, and I'm currently trying to go through and find which firm has, in fact, is, in fact, taking credit for the discovery of this enzyme. Osaka University has created an enzyme that will break down PET plastic to make it much more viable for recycling. Wonderful. So as long as it's, you know, used responsibly, this in fact is a huge breakthrough. You have freaking, what is it, Plastic Island that is out there in uh, in the ocean that can now be broken down and eventually be recycled. On the other hand, build a metal super soaker and put this enzyme in it and just start spraying down things you don't like. Now, fortunately, it needs relatively cool temperatures to work at. It needs, oh, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. It needs really high temperatures to work with. It needs 65 degrees Celsius. Yes, I did just read that as 65 Fahrenheit and thought, oh, it needs kind of cool temperatures. No. So you definitely need a controlled environment for this to work. You couldn't just... Use the super soaker analogy and just start breaking down things you don't need. Now, the next question is, how high does it need? Oh, and to make things even better. The enzyme and boiling water. Unfortunately, at some point, the enzyme itself is going to die to heat. So how hot can it get and still work? Hmm. That is going to be the question. Well, now that we're talking about crazy doomsday scenarios... Let's talk about this crazy doomsday scenario. The newest Cooking Mama game reportedly being used for cryptocurrency mining on the Switch. I cannot think of a more inefficient way 
to mine cryptocurrency. Now, of course, the creators of the new Cooking Mama game are straight up denying it. Because of, why would you, why wouldn't you deny it? But the theory is that the developers made Cooking Mama and then have Cooking Mama mine cryptocurrency in the background on your Switch for the developers. This does not mean that you are getting cryptocurrency. This means the developers would be getting cryptocurrency if this is true. By the way, I seriously doubt it. Because when it comes to mining cryptocurrency, you really do need a full-blown... You need some serious horsepower to actually mine. Like, just the horsepower that's on a switch is, like, nothing. It is a miracle that the Nintendo Switch can even do what it does. Because all you're running on here is an outdated NVIDIA Tegra APU that's clocked in at like, what, 1.3 gigahertz or something like that? By contrast, you take, and I actually don't have that GPU here with me right now, but you take something like a mobile GPU and you have that run 24-7. And the particular mobile GPU I had in mind was like a GTX 16 or 680 or something like that that I had sitting on my desk as a prop. If that thing ran 24-7, it might, underline might, collect a cool 30 cents worth of cryptocurrency. But what if you divide the resources and all that junk and all that other stuff and just have thousands of these switches running your game at the same time to mine the cryptocurrencies? It is theoretically possible. It could. Developers might make back $5 when all is said and done. I don't think people understand just how maxed out the Switch is when it's running anything. The Switch is pretty much pegged at at the max whenever it's running anything. It's not like my PC that is currently while running in the background, still have 70% of its CPU and, or I'm sorry, 30% of its CPU and 70% of its GPU that is still usable right now. That could all be peaking out. That, that, That still could be going and doing something in the background. It could be mining some kind of cryptocurrency in the, in the background with my GPU. That's true. But the whole concept of spending millions to develop a game 
for the sole purpose of mining cryptocurrency in the background while taking in game revenue. It's tinfoil hat levels of crazy. It would be a dream, wouldn't it? Make a game and just by people playing it, make yourself money in the background by mining crypto. Heck, if (laughs) someone in the chat actually mentioned EA, if EA actually did that, it might be the least evil thing EA has done in the last decade. But no, it just doesn't add up. It really doesn't. There's just, there's just no way that little switch GPU could do it. Now, if this was released on, say, the PS4, now you might be on to something. Now, now you might be on to something. Because Cooking Mama is not a very intensive game, and there's a lot of horsepower in the PS4. Speaking of other games that don't take a lot, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, it is kind of... If you want to come up with a conspiracy theory, here's one for you. Nintendo made COVID-19 so that Animal Crossing and the Switch would sell like gangbusters. That is a better conspiracy theory than any other COVID conspiracy theory I have heard in the last ever. Like, okay, real talk here for a second. The pandemic has done wonders for Animal Crossing New Horizon. Even I, someone who like never played another Animal Crossing game, actually picked it up. It actually is like, it, it's a great game and if you're into games like Stardew Valley it's definitely worth being being picked up however if you're in China you don't have that option anymore because people had a brilliant idea with the wide amount of customization that is in Animal Crossing they can hold protests within Animal Crossing and protest and support freeing Hong Kong And, well, the Chinese government, who, by the way, the head of which looks exactly like Winnie the Pooh, decided that Animal Crossing should not no longer be sold. But, I mean, that didn't happen. I mean, it, it's just a coincidence that uh, there are Hong Kong protesters on Animal Crossing who are putting on demonstrations on their own personal islands and sharing it on various networks. And it's just a coincidence that Animal Crossing New Horizons is nowhere in China anymore. It's just a coincidence. It's all a coincidence. Yet, yeah. No. No, it's not. 
All right. Well, th- this this podcast now feels like it's just going down the toilet. Let's instead just talk about a toilet. We now have a smart toilet that could release by the end of the year that will monitor your poop and give health information about you and also be able to store it based on your, and this is a real term, by the way, your anal print. All right. I am in on this toilet if, if, A, it's inexpensive, and B, it means I don't have to hoard toilet paper. Like, you put, like, you want to talk about the push for bidets, the absolute insanity of hoarding toilet paper has now caused people to go, go for bidets, and this actually might help with that. I I I don't know. It feels kind of weird to talk about a toilet that is literally saying that, that would really just go like, "Hello, user. Let us scan your anus today." Ah, hello, Jeff. I see that you have gained six pounds. We can tell it by monitoring your poop and not actually weighing you. You also need to go have a checkup. Like this whole thing just seems just, just, just I, I, I don't know. It, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. But then again, I'm also the guy who is a little worried about a phone monitoring me and everyone else around me to keep track of a virus and hopefully one day it never going wrong. And this brings us to our last burb, the last story of the day, and this probably isn't the weirdest story of the day, but my god. This story kind of fascinates me more than the others. I think probably when push comes to shove, the smart toilet probably is the weirdest story of the day. But the fact that someone got Windows 10 to run on just 192 megabytes of RAM blows me away. And I say this from someone who tries to breathe life into every machine that he can. I have a little tablet. It runs on two gigs of RAM. It barely runs Windows 10. How? How did this guy get this machine to install with 192 megabytes of RAM? There's just got to be a trick to this. But you know what more importantly it says? It says that those of you out there who says that the minimum requirements are gods, that that is what determines what can and can't be installed. This guy and his 192 megabytes of RAM says otherwise. That is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please give this podcast a follow and also check out our daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing. That airs every morning at 4 a.m. wherever you found this podcast. iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, 
literally every platform that we can that we could get. And also check out our Twitch page. We broadcast on Twitch every Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, rest well, stay safe, and stay healthy. Okay, okay, okay. Next question. How much RAM does that toilet use? Like, real talk, how much RAM does it use? How much internal storage? What are the specs of that toilet? Can we get that toilet to run Windows 10? Can we get that toilet to run Doom? Can it run Crisis? What are the real, real specs? What's the real minimum requirements of Crisis? Everything I thought I knew about specs has been thrown into whack now. I'm just blown away. With round-the-clock protection at a great price, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to. Unlike this unenthusiastic hype man. Okay, everybody, let's make some noise. Put your hands up. Or not. It's your call. Here we go now. Here we go. Switch to Progressive today. It is electric in here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.